You read the Bible, Greg. You talking to me? I'm a law Keep up. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Uh, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Well, there's Jesus freak. I got a bad feeling about this. King Kong ain't got shit on me! Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Each and every man under my command owes me 100 natural scouts. <laughs> Start see pictures, eh? Oh, wow. Thank you for that. Hello, and welcome to the Film and Loathing podcast for Monday, May 25th, 2020. This is episode number 73, and I'm Jake. I'm Chris. And I'm Zach. Coming up today, we have a couple retro reviews. We're going to be reviewing Pretty Woman and Total Recall, which both just celebrated their 30th anniversary, 30 year anniversaries this past week. Uh, we'll also talk about some other things that we watched and then whatever else comes up along the way. So thanks for downloading and thanks for listening. How are you guys this week? Not bad. Not bad at all. It's like, where'd you find that Golden Girls t-shirt? Um, Target? Maybe Walmart? Really? Yeah. I would have expected, I thought maybe you got it online. Nope. I never understood the hype. Gold, Golden Girls is amazing. Not a big Golden Girls guy, but you know what I have been watching this week? Cheers. See, Chris, you're missing the whole theme here, which is that the Golden Girls... Well, it didn't start in the 90s. I think you could still classify it as a 90s sitcom. And that's kind of my thing. 90s sitcoms is your thing? Roseanne, everyone loves Raymond. That's uh, true. That's the only good TV that you do like besides The Office. Home Improvement. I love Home Improvement. You like Home Improvement? It's the best. What about Spider-Man? Last Man Standing, before you ask. Oh, Zach, here's a question. Going back to our conversation before we were recording, where does Jungle to Jungle fall in the top 100? I think no top 100 is complete without at least two Brendan Fraser movies. One is obviously The Mummy. Now, the second one, that's Leeway, could be George of the Jungle. Oh, Jungle to Jungle. I forgot about that one. That's what I just said. Tim Bedazzled. Bedazzled would be a good one. Jungle to Jungle is on Disney Plus, and I keep meaning to watch. I might just, I should just watch that tonight. I'm gonna tell I Rachel. I don't know what you're waiting for. I think I'm gonna tell Rachel. Hey, Rachel, you need to check out a blast from my past. We would, was that a dad's house? We would watch that movie to fall asleep. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna tell her this is a blast from the past, and I, I need to watch that. There's so many good lines in that movie. And I just want to say that Brandon Fraser has a movie called Blast from the Past, so. He does. That's true. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, so many good lines. So many good things in that movie. What's Brandon Fraser up to? I have no idea. Why is nobody hiring Brandon Fraser? I think Fraser? he was blacklisted for something. What I tried to get them to invite Brandon Fraser to Bangor Atomic and Koi. Comic and Toy Convention. And they said it was too late, but they're going to try to do it next year. Really? <laughs> Dude, I reality, I'm pretty, you have I to see. kind of like find celebrities who are just washed up enough they'd be willing to come to Bangor. Brandon Fraser might. Brandon Fraser is pretty close. 
Dude, The Mummy Returns is the first movie I remember seeing in theaters. I remember being genuinely disappointed when Mom said that she would not take us to the opening weekend of Mummy Returns. It was good. Very good. It was. was, I I loved the Mummy. Like I remember there being. I loved the Mummy. Some really terrible, like Scorpion King CGI in the The Mummy. The worst. The worst. Gosh, at the very end, that was like The Rock's big break. Featured I gotta rewatch the, the mummy. Honestly, honestly, I don't even consider that as part of the movie. Like all the shit leading up to that is awesome. Like the Forget London the mummy awesome. returns, dude. I gotta rewatch the Scorpion King. I can tell you dude, that, that it does dude. not hold up. I can confirm it's a really bad movie still. Chris, you shut your whore mouth. The regular Scorpion King, like what? What was the uh? What kind? What was his tribe? The Acadians. Yeah. Yeah. Acadians, and I hear like they're sitting there, it's like he's the last of the Acadians, like that whole kind of like tribal convening in the very beginning to the you know kidnapping and the ant scene. That should have called it. They should have called it the last of the Acadians. <laughs> I guarantee that the, the, the last of the Acadians versus the last of the Mohicans, Daniel Day Lewis versus Dwayne <laughs> Johnson. I have kind of been known for my hot takes in the past. Have you? I'm about to make it I've never seen Last of the Mohicans, but I can almost guarantee that the Scorpion King is better. <laughs> okay, I only I watched Last of the Mohicans. Actually, I don't think I ever talked about it. Watched it a couple weeks ago, and Zach might actually be right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only way to really know is to do like a double review showdown where we can decide which one is better. <laughs> <laughs> next week next week we're doing we're I'm doing down to last, last of the Mohicans versus last of the Acadians <laughs> that's what we should do from now on we only we review like head to head style we pick two movies we have to decide which one is better that's it's like Deadliest of- Warrior like the Spike show Deadliest Warrior but instead we pick one really like acclaimed movie and then the Scorpion King. This has to be dethroned. Okay, so it's always we should just call the podcast versus the Scorpion King, and it's just every movie versus the Scorpion King. This week we review Citizen Kane versus the Scorpion King. <laughs> well, guys, we're we're a hundred episodes in, and to date nothing's beaten the Scorpion King. Right? <laughs> this is genius. This is a good idea. This is, this is how history is made. We were lucky enough to have it recorded. There's some pretty solid fight sequences in that movie, though, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was a solid action star. Still and is. Michael, and Michael Clark Duncan is in there for a little bit. Oh, yep. That's true. That's true. Plus there's that hot girl. Plus there's that the hot to, girl. That I used to love when I was, like, nine. Zach would it's get a child. Friend. Zach would get a child boner. It'd always be like watching Wendy now. Yeah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck, I gotta watch. The, we watched The Mummy. My mom would have that playing nonstop when we were kids. I know. My mom, too. What is up with that? What's up with moms in The Mummy? Hey, mom has introduced us to a lot of great stuff. The Mummy. Anne Rice. 
Um, Anne Charles. Rice. <laughs> mom introduced you to Anne Rice. <laughs> the first Anne Rice books I've ever read belonged to mom. What were the first Anne Rice books that you were introduced to? I got it over here. Hold on. Is it Interview with a Vampire? No, I've never read that one. What's she the like- What's the Anne Rice book that has the mum? That's like a mummy that's in it. Ramsey's the Damned. Yeah, that's it. I read that one in high school. There's a lot of sex in it. And you read it in school? Yeah, dude. The mummy's got a big dick. <laughs> he fucks this girl so good. As a mummy, or like before he was a mummy? No, so he's like. Um, I think it's something like there was this technique where he was preserved. So he's like this hunk. He's like this ancient Greek hunk, and he just bones so, so good. Blood Canticle and Blackwood Farm. Really? Were the two that I read. Yeah. Interesting. And then Mr. Bactyl showed me the Wolf Gift in junior year of high school, and I loved that book. See, Ramsey's. I read Ramsey's The Dam for Mr. Bactyl's English Monster Class. He just loves introducing people to Anne Rice, that guy. <laughs> he didn't even introduce me to it. I just, like, I don't remember how I stumbled upon it. I think I just wanted, like, maybe I wanted want to read, a mummy like, book. real BDSM stuff, erotica by her, that they, they exist. Wait, what? Really? And, yeah, like, How old she were has, you when you read this shit? I haven't read this stuff. I only read, like, the other stuff. But she does write, like, actual erotic. She doesn't write publish under Anne Rice. It's a different name. Anne Rice erotic fiction. Yeah, it's like A-N-A-L. A, yeah, something like that. But no, it's like the Sleeping Beauty trilogy. A-N Rokalore. Yeah, that's it. Sleeping Be- it's a uh, uh it's called the Sleeping Beauty Quartet. Yeah, it's like Sleeping Beauty if she was submissive. I mean That's a weird not, like take I'm on not Sleeping gonna, Beauty. I'm not gonna make that joke on there. No no make it I wanna, I wanna hear Nope. I'm gonna say she's asleep. How more submissive could she be? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> you lost it. What the fuck? And this will be our last podcast. In fact, we can't even <laughs> keep going. This is the last of Film and Loathing. Hashtag the intro to verse the Scorpion King. <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh. Yo, speaking of BDSM, I loved listening to Arnold talk dirty to Sharon Stone. That was that's Sharon Stone. I was trying to figure yeah. out who it is. <clears throat> that was good. I like that. Like, oh, come on, baby. You know you're the only girl of my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, all I think of is like in uh, Jingle All the Way. 
any single part of that movie where he's like, oh, come on, and he's doing some dumb shit. I haven't seen that movie in a while. It's just, it's very clear that, like, Arnold is not a very romantic guy. It's very clear he's not a very He's not a very good emotive guy. He does this have is some a big pretty year. witty one-liners, though. This was a big year for Arnold, because this was Total Recall and Kindergarten Cop. Oh, no kidding. Was this, like, in the middle of his, uh, like, at the beginning of his popularity? Probably, yeah, because Terminator would have been 1990. Or, no, earlier than that. Terminator was 84. Terminator 2 was 1991. Oh, that's That's probably, like, peak. That's what I need to rewatch, Terminator 2. It's in there. I haven't seen any of the Terminators. Really? None of them? Yeah, none of them. You should definitely watch Terminator Genesis. I haven't seen any of the Terminators, and I haven't seen any of the Aliens. You could skip that. Aliens is the best one, but... Mm-hmm. Something Ooh, made me want to watch it this past week. I was watching Cheers, and they get on the... It's the, like, one of the first episode, and they're like, what's the sweatiest movie of all time? And somebody's like, Alien. It's not wrong. What's the one where she fucks the Alien? Is that the fourth one? What? Maybe... I actually have never seen any of the sequels, believe it or not. Aliens is the best one. I've never even seen Aliens. Oh, we're just going to rush over the fact that you said she fucks an alien? Yeah, she does. She becomes like a, a like a crossbreed, right, or something like that? Or like yeah. basically to like weaponize herself to fight them? Sigourney Weaver <laughs> fucks an alien. Correct, yeah. What's the one directed by David Fincher? Is that the third one? Third one. Did so they the fourth just one, the fourth would, would be Resurrection, right? Correct. Did they just get to a point where they're like, we don't know what to do. Like, she hasn't fucked anything yet, so we could go there. Chris, you don't understand. It was a different time. Like, and did David did right. David Fincher direct the fucking? No, he directed the third one, which he tried to have his name removed. So who knows how much of it is actually his. That's crazy, dude. But technically, Alien, so Alien 3 technically makes that his directorial debut, right? Yeah. Good for you, David. Dave. <laughs> the Finchmeister. The Finchinator. When does his new movie come out? Later this year. Okay. Was that set for theatrical release? Mm. Or streaming? <clears throat> it's Netflix. Well, it's Netflix. Oh, okay. It might have a, or they might have planned a limited theater, a theatrical run to try to get some Oscar nods, but you don't have to worry about that this year. Are they not going to do the Oscars? No, they said that your movie doesn't have to be in a theater to qualify for the Oscars this year. They should just not do them. Save everyone the hassle. I will tell you what the best movie was. Actually, I'm really curious to see them do it just to see what gets nominated in this crazy year. But I'm not excited for that intro monologue. Because you just know that somebody's going to yeah, get up there. Yeah, the coronavirus. What about that? <laughs> Pretty <laughs> crazy thing that we had to go through streaming services. Am I right? 
I hope Ricky Gervais does the Oscars and just shits on everyone for cooping up in their million-dollar mansions. There's no way anybody would hire him anymore. No, he's done. He definitely wanted it to be his last one. That's why he was just... Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was a good speech, though. But, like, the thing is is that it's not even that surprising. That's just classic Ricky Ricky Gervais. Like, they should have seen something like that coming. I think they did. That's why they hired him. Yeah, but I'd imagine, like, a lot – because, like, a lot of the time, they don't need to screen what he's what people are going to say. They do for, like, new people, but sometimes <laughs> – with Ricky Gervais, he's, like, a seasoned vet at this award show intro stuff, so I'd imagine they did well, screen. They're probably like, Ricky Gervais, you want to leave, and nobody really gives a shit about these awards, so let's help <laughs> each other out. You get to – like, you go off on a tirade, which, of course, any publicity is good publicity. So people watch it for you to hear you say insane shit, and then you get to be out of it at the end. The Golden Globes knows that they're the second rate. Oh, pfft. Yeah, that, they got to know. They've got to know. You think they're fully aware and they function under the premise that they are second rate in the awards? They nominated a Taron Edgerton for Best Actor in a Musical. Yeah, but like, that's the thing is I nominated don't... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as a comedy. Well, Tarantino okay, won Best Director in a common, Comedy or something like that. I think that that's entirely their decision, though. So Tarantino gets to decide if he submits as a drama or a comedy. And the way he tells it is that he was told... He has a better chance of winning if he submits as a comedy, so that's what he did. Well, okay, but even the fact that that's how it works is a joke in and of itself. But I think the same thing happened with another one of his movies. Like, the same thing. He decided to submit as a drama, and he ended up losing. Probably. But it's all just a joke anyways. Just to laugh a minute at that Tarantino guy. I did see a funny thing based around, like, that scene in Pulp Fiction um, when they have the coffee. And, like, it was, like, when you uh, introduce your kid to putting potato chips on their sandwich, and it's like, damn, it's gourmet <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, no, it was, um, I know which one you're talking about. It was when you're swimming all day. And you come in to have a sandwich at lunchtime. <laughs> My favorite one by far is when you want to hang out with your friend from uh, when you want to hang out with your friend, but he lives in Oklahoma, and they're like, "Can you come over?" And he's like, "No, I'm pretty fucking far from Oklahoma." <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. That is pretty good. So we got uh, which movie you guys want to talk about first? Uh, would you guys want to talk about Pretty Woman or Total Recall? Which one has the best song? Has the best song? Probably Pretty Woman. Well, let's start with that one. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, Pretty Woman is directed by Gary Marshall. Stars Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Sure and does. the Plot synopsis is 
A man in a legal but hurtful business needs an escort for some social events and hires a beautiful prostitute he meets, only to fall in love. What did you guys think of Pretty Woman? Classic. Classic rom-com, dude. I love Nothing Pretty else Woman. To say. I'll say this is the first time I've ever I've ever watched Pretty Woman. How'd you feel? Um, I like it. I think it's um, I kind of like it as sort of a uh, like a modern day fairy tale. Uh huh. I like that about it quite a bit. I like a lot of the like extravagant stuff in it. I like Richard Gere quite a bit. Like I think he plays that role really well. Like he's like that swoop like that suave guy that you can kind of fall for. And like even though he's an ass, like in what he does is really shitty, you really overlook it because he's fucking handsome Richard Gere. I overlooked it. Oh, yeah, I overlooked it. It's easy to see why Julia Roberts overlooked it. Well, I mean, it was a job to her at first, so. Okay, so this is what I'm curious about. Are you about to ask if I buy Julia Roberts as a prostitute? No, no one does. It's impossible. Okay, I was going to say, I cannot, that's the only thing I cannot get over. So, the scene at the horse track, when... Jason Alexander like comes on to her. Mm-hmm. Are we like, is he out of line? Like, are we like, are they really that far like into their relationship? That's like, you should not have done that. I mean, he shouldn't have done it anyways. She's on the job. She's currently working. You don't, you know, go up to somebody and try and pursue them while they're currently doing something. But. He is also like well. Here's the interesting thing. Do like what she does. Yes, here's the interesting thing. So it only seems out of line from your perspective because you know that she's not your standard prostitute, and their arrangement is not your standard arrangement with a prostitute. But from Jason Alexander's perspective, who has no idea, he just like why wouldn't he think Richard Gere is just banging this chick every night for his own benefit? I mean, so then it doesn't really seem that out of that out of line. But he went about it so creepily. Like, he, like, took his finger and started, like, rubbing her arm or some shit. And I was like, geez, Jason. Back off, like, a little bit, like. All he says is, maybe we could set something up. Yeah, and then he rubs her arm with his finger. It's so that she knows what he wants to set up. What else could he be trying to set up in that moment, Zach? <laughs> there's no confusion hold on and how has nobody thought of this before hiring prostitutes to move your furniture out of your apartment do they do that what i doubt it <laughs> like, that... you get a, like you get a hooker by the hour and then you're like yeah so actually the work i meant is you're gonna help me move yes <laughs> it's like the episode of the office <laughs> where like they hire <laughs> hire the stripper for an hour, and then Dwight wants to get his money's worth, so he makes her answer phones. Exactly. <laughs> Something like that. Exactly. Sorry, it was just a stroke of genius. Um, but I do, I do think it's, I do think it's very funny. Um, there are a lot of moments when it where like. It, le- it looks like it's leading up to this kind of serious moment, and then it has like a nice joke that comes in, and then you're like, ha that's classic. Classic, classic. Richard. 
classic bait switch me with a joke. Should use the man though. Um, lots of great stuff in this. I love that he eats out her ass on top of a piano. Awesome. <laughs> that was a good shot though. Good lighting. Good lighting. Well, they call that the money shot. <laughs> there is like a brief half second where you do get like the the glimpse of the boobs of Julia Roberts. It's real quick. You you could miss it if you weren't paying attention. But I was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, I, I saw it and I was like, wait, is that what I think it was? So then I rewound it and it was like, it's just it's very quick in the in the. It's got to be like a dolly as they're going like this way. And it's like he takes off her shirt. Boom, there it is. But then it, the dolly keeps going. And then boom, out of view. It's like snap in out focus. Hmm. I, I got it. Missing hmm. it first. Had to rewind it and rewatch it like several more times. I but... didn't. It wasn't in like in a creepy way. I just wanted to see if that is in fact what I saw. Yeah, Zach, were you more of Richard Gere in this situation or Jason Alexander? <laughs> I mean, hey, if there was some full frontal by Richard Gere, I would read around that too. So, yeah, equal opportunity. There was one part I was weirdly <laughs> uncomfortable with when she's sitting in the bathtub with him and he's leaning up against her, and she has the sponge and she's wiping him down. She wipes down his nipples way too hardcore for like a <laughs> solid three minutes like she's she's wiping down his chest and i'm like okay you got it the mess is gone and then she starts like going around the nipples and i'm like this is weird i watched it's like the uh, south park bit of mel gibson when he can't help but rub and touch his nipples and no, it's, it's the freaking uh the the cable company the cable company was like oh i'm so sorry your service is no longer it's no longer <laughs> yeah. working you say that's a good one, too. Oh, man. I liked it, though. Like I said, classic rom-com. That bit at the end when you have the opera playing as he's pulling up in the limo, and then he climbs up those stairs, and all of a sudden, the big crescendo comes as they make lip contact. It was just Dude, this is fantastic. Like, Richard Gere looks like such a cool guy this whole movie. And then in the last two minutes, he looks like the biggest pussy in the world. He's like, can't even like walk up the fire escape. He's like, oh my god, I'm so afraid of heights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what it was. <laughs> it is pretty genius that like he'd hire a hooker for directions. They know the city. That's an untapped resource. They can help you move and get to your new apartment. (laughs) I do like when she takes over the car and like drives like a badass. I would like to really see her open it up. Maybe street race against Paul Walker. (laughs) Vin Diesel pulls up next to her. He's like, all I care about is family. That's not, are you sure that's not Sylvester Stallone pulling up? I guess it could be. And your voice needs to be a lot more gravelly. With, for who? For Vin Diesel. 
Iron Giant. I don't care about his family. Like that? Yeah, nope. that's exactly it. Not at all. <laughs> no, you, you got it, bud. I gave it my best shot. Uh, but no, you're right. Uh, Pretty Woman is definitely a classic. I, you definitely don't get a lot of uh, later rom-coms if you don't have Pretty Woman. This might be peak rom-com, actually. I feel like a lot of romantic comedies that come out nowadays are, are like so sensationalized and so romanticized. And there's something about this that feels dialed back. Uh, like in a, well, like, you know, modern-day rom-coms, like it's like okay, you obviously those two are gonna get together. But in this one, like there was a moment that I had me believing that he really was just gonna cut ties with this woman. Well, there's there's also completely unbelievable. Like, I'm supposed to believe that Drew Barrymore like can't remember anything after one day, and like this whole town has contrived together to make sure that she never has to confront the fact that she can't remember anything past a certain day. Like, are you <laughs> kidding? This is like, man, it's the classic tale of the hooker with the heart of gold. Like, it's perfect. It is classic. I really like I really like um, this movie at the like with all the, the the music choices because when it comes to Pretty Woman like there was a lot of this movie where there wasn't much music playing in the background like there wasn't much score or anything it was just people talking people going and doing their own thing but like when you watch rom coms these days it feels like seventy five percent of the movie is just filled with music and it's meant to give it some sort of no, no, no. not only music. 70% of it is white women dancing to hip-hop montages. <laughs> the rom-com has taken a weird turn. It's a very weird turn. Then, cut to credits, that classic Pretty Woman theme song. Pretty Woman. That's a good song. Walking down the sea. Yeah. But we haven't even talked about the best scene of the movie, which is... They don't want a server in the Rodeo Drive store. They don't think she's of their type. They don't think she has the money. Coming back, I'm going to buy the whole fucking store. You're going to wish you were never born. I did I, think that C-plot part was funny where he's like, uh, just out of curiosity, how much money are we going to spend here? Uh, is it going to be <laughs> is it gonna be uh, uh, an obscene amount or really offensive? Really offensive. Oh, gosh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do like that. That's pretty great. Obviously, the classic, uh, you work on commission, big mistake, huge. So that's a classic line, but I'll have what she having isn't? Yes, that that is a classic line. No. Oh, my gosh. I also really like the fact. Because that actually, okay, yeah. Zach, Julia Zach, Roberts. Zach, sorry, Zach, hold on, Zach, Zach. Hold on to that thought for a second. I just want to say, okay, first of all, yeah. the what the reference from Pretty Woman is actually iconic because it relates to the theme of the movie. People looking down on her, treating her like shit. And then she goes in all dolled up and like proves these people wrong. You know, don't judge a book by its cover, right? So it fits in the movie in context. To just randomly say at some dinner scene in a movie about when fucking Harry met Sally to say, I'll have what she's having, does not stick out at all. It's the perfect kind of comedy to cap off such an, a great scene in I can't a great deny, I can't deny that it's a great like 
bit for that scene, but to say that's a staple of the movie doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying it's a staple. To plot yes, everything. Yes, you are saying that. No, you have said. You have said. I could say that to anyone from that time, and they would know what I was saying. You they would know what I'm getting at. Yeah, the reference itself. Right, it's exactly. Not, it's, not, it's not pertinent. It's not. Doesn't have any bearing oh, on the no, story okay. itself. I want to ask you. I want to ask you a question. Makes sense. I want to ask you a question, Chris. So when me and, me and Amy go to Chile sometimes, right, and we do get the same thing, it's like these vegetarian, uh, like quesadillas, right? Have asparagus, right? It's really good. So you think that if if she ordered first, and I said. <laughs> And the, then the waiter looks at me and is like, what would you like? And I said, I'll have what she's having. You think he's going to be confused? Are you quoting Harry Met Sally? I'm quoting Harry Met Sally. That's not what I actually want. You're giving it context to where, you know, that situation. It's literally like almost the exact situation in the movie. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. If you went out to eat with Amy and somebody across the way said, Oh, I want this, and you said it exactly like this. I'll have what she's having. They would one hundred percent know what you mean. No, I think they would look at their little notepad. And they would write down that that's what I wanted. Then give it a try. They probably look at it and be like, write it down. Then be like, he also said in a very odd tone. <laughs> you think they add context to the order? <laughs> these little things like. Hmm, he came in, and he, he said it in a very odd tone. I didn't know whether he was making a reference or what, but I didn't understand. Yeah, he said it sarcastically. Possible when Harry met Sally reference, question mark, question mark? All I'm saying is that people know the reference. <laughs> Not as much as this Pretty Woman one. I would say they do. No. Okay, let's happens if i type in uh you work on commission right yeah uh oh boom pretty woman i'll have what she's having google search what's the first thing that comes up the harry met sally clip fuck it is heck yeah it is well that's not fair because we're being recorded and google's listening so that's not technically not fair Oh my gosh. So, in our new Versus podcast, does this, do you think this beats Scorpion King? (laughs) (laughs) If we were reviewing, if we were reviewing this on Versus the Scorpion King, I think the Scorpion King wins. (laughs) I think I would still go with the Scorpion King. (laughs) Oh man. Unanimous decision. Congratulations, guys. We have our first verdict. Awesome. Mm. I do like that Julia Roberts and her friends are like self-made prostitutes. Like they refuse to use a pimp. They're like, we can do this on our own. Well, pimp complex. Great ingenuity. That is one thing about the movie. I don't care about the friend at all. Actually, that friend kind of seems like a loser, like not a good friend to have. I mean, she stole their money for rent in the beginning of the movie. For and drugs. Then all, and then, yeah, and then all is just forgiven. 
Like, Julia Roberts, like, seems, like, way too, like, stuck up in a prude to be a prostitute. And her friend seems like an actual prostitute. Like when like when Richard Gere's like she was she's like, What do you want? And she's like, What do you do? And she's like, Anything. It's like, really? Anything. I could yeah. ream out your ass right now and you're for it. The weird thing like As long as one, you don't kiss. Right. There was that wums part where uh she he was just like, So what's your name? And she's like what do you want it to be? Or like whatever you want or whatever you want. I was like, oh, Julia, like it just doesn't seem like she's too like for you. she's not like I don't want this to sound derogatory to, towards like real people who sell their body for money. But it will hey, be. But it will be. At all. Yeah, it will be. She doesn't look like rough enough. Does that make sense? Like it, like it looks like this would be like her first day. That's what I was say. She, maybe she, like what? she's been in it for like two weeks and has and has had two customers. She doesn't look like. I would like to replace Julia Roberts with an actual prostitute. Like honestly, she's like the prostitute. She's like the prostitute that finds the really sweaty guy at Chili's, and he gives her like a lot of money just to give him a hand job. That could work. Yeah, no, not a solid base of income at all. <laughs> totally never done that. <laughs> oh, gosh. She just, she's too, like, neat, I guess. Too prim and proper. Yeah. Like, that, like the scene of them, like, dresses, is still kind of like, I, I'm not that convinced that she's not, not that different from you. For me, it was the wig. Refused her based on her looks. Oh god, she, I hated that wig. If she didn't have the wig on, because like, first off, there's no purpose to even have the wig there in the first place. It serves no purpose to the story. There's no even reference to it. It's just at one moment she has the wig, another moment she doesn't. If she didn't have the wig, I could kind of get behind the fact that she's a prostitute. If you just lose the wig. wig. The wig makes her look like more of a prostitute. I would say the wig is supposed to be like this tool to make it seem like she's there to fulfill your fantasies. Because it's not real or whatever, but like it just doesn't seem legit to me. Yeah, it just seemed like the but classic had, cliche that a prostitute wears a wig. If I had picked her up. And then we go back, and she takes the wig off. My immediate question would be, why are you wearing a wig? Yeah, because she stays the night with this guy. Like, he's going <laughs> to find out eventually, so why keep the wig on the night before? At, okay, but, like, she's also, like, someone who seems to have been taught lessons by someone. Like, you can't kiss someone because it's too personal. Like, it needs to be a strictly business transaction. She's way too powerful with Richard Gere, way too quickly. Like, Richard Gere could be a Patrick Bateman type person. And she's like, a week? Sure, three grand. What else do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> Richard Gere could be American Psycho. That's true. Does not hang out with somebody for a week for money sound very personal? <laughs> <laughs> like, you think that would be their number one rule. Okay, you could, like, in some serious danger if you agree to stay with a man for a week. So that's, like, number one. Don't do that. 
Yeah, he's offering to buy you uh, a new apartment. You should probably bow out real soon. Yeah, I don't know. That seems like a really good deal to me. Somebody came up to me and offered me a free apartment, free car, and everything. Why not? Also, at the end of the movie, like, when she has the bus ticket, where is she going? Uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. Why? Because she loved it when they went to the opera. Okay. San Francisco, the land of opportunity. Which I gotta say, I love the opera scene, actually. Mm. It made me really want to go to an opera. Yeah. What'd she say? So good, I almost pissed my pants. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you enjoy yourself, dear? Yeah, I almost peed my pants. She said she really compared it to Pirates of Panzans. <laughs> it's good stuff. I like how like Richard Gere, knowing full well like what she is, isn't like isn't worried that sh- that she's around and acting the way she is. He just doesn't genuinely care. Okay, Which also he, doesn't make a lot of sense. Though. He's very comfortable around her very quickly in that car. And then, like, I would never let a stranger drive that nice car, like, yet alone someone I just picked up off the street and is presumed to be a prostitute. Not that I've got anything against prostitutes driving cars. I'm all, I'm, like, I'm part of that forum, prostitutes driving cars. But women's rights and everything. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm it, prostitutes driving. But, <laughs> so progressive, Jake. Yeah, I'm at the weekly meetings, but. It seems it's a very odd moment for like someone whose business is like very image obsessed. It just doesn't really make any sense that that's not a good point. Robert, like she all she knows is about the salad fork, and you're gonna bring her to this fancy dinner with the biggest client of your entire career. You're gonna take her to a polo match. So she can sit there and go, yeah, nice job. (laughs) 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 That's another good part. That was that was funny. What else is Julia Julia Roberts in? Mystic Pizza. Eat, pray, love. August Osage County. I haven't seen either any three of those movies. Uh, what is that fairy tale movie called? My best, friend's, my best friend's wedding. Yes, my best friend's wedding is one of her classics. I don't know. Uh, not a whole lot recently. No, she hasn't been in. Uh, she was in the Oceans movies. Yep, she was in the Oceans. Oh wait, movies. was Julia? Was she in that movie with um, what's his name? Uh, Aaron Brockovich. That's right, that's right. But no, did she play the mother of the um it's that movie Finding Ben? Yes. That's she's the mother? Okay. Ben is back. Ben is back. Thank you. And she was Tinkerbell and Hook. Oh really? I've never seen Hook. She looks a little like Hillary Swank. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I would say Hillary Swank looks like her, but like that's fine. That's again, Chris, Synecdoche. <laughs> Syndicock. 
<laughs> it's so hard to pronounce. Dude, it took me a week and a half to figure out how to pronounce it. I now Dude, know. You must love Pretty Woman. Like, those are two words Bear. you probably know. Yeah, I learned those when I was, like, 10, so. Um, anything else to say about uh, Pretty Woman? I'm, I don't have much else to say. That's pretty much it. I had no. it was fun, I had a fun and it was a good enjoyable first time watch for me. Probably might not re- ever revisit again, but that's all right. I will. I probably will. What uh, what are you guys gonna give Pretty Women out of five stars? Five. Chris, give it a give it a five too. I will give it a four. Let's move on and talk about Total Recall, directed by Paul Verhoeven, based off a short story written by Philip K. Dick, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sharon Stone. Oh, this guy's probably the big big two names in it. What was the name of the guy who wrote the story? Philip K. Dick. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. <laughs> And classic plot <laughs> synopsis is um, when a man goes for virtual vacation memories of the planet Mars, an unexpected and harrowing series of events forces him to go to the planet for real. Or is he? What did you guys think of Total Recall? I didn't love it, but I mean, there's some fun stuff in here. I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was a really good time. It has, I mean, I I get that it came out in 1990, but it has a lot of the problems that like 80s action movies have, which is that they get weirdly like plotty and convoluted in the last 20 minutes, and that like, gets to the point where like I really don't understand what any of this is about. <laughs> Yeah, that's a solid uh, solid complaint for the movie. But Arnold's great. Yeah, Arnold's kind of just doing his Arnie thing, um, fucking up dialogue and kicking ass and action scenes. I love when he says to the, the guy with like, the messed up face, and he's like, yeah, you should relax. You'll live longer. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you show your face around here? And then what does he say to that? He's like, he's like, you want to talk. <laughs> there are some great things that just like seemingly come out of nowhere. Like when he's like drilling, they're doing that drilling. And all of a sudden he just stops and he's like yelling to that guy. And the guy stops what he's doing. And he's like, hey, just want to let you know. I'm thinking about going to that recall place. <laughs> and the guy stops and he looks at him. And he's like, he's like, oh, recall, 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 recall. Recall. My and he favorite says it like thing five times. is that like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like jacked as shit yeah. and like that. Yet he's like this construction worker who just working a jackhammer. That's his career. And then the other guy is really fat, so it's kind of like, is this a result of like their personal choices or the job? Like, what's going on here? Hmm. I would say like I think my favorite line in the movie is when he shoots his wife in the face and he's like, consider that a divorce. 
<laughs> that's pretty good. Or like when him and Sharon Stone have been like fighting and he's like um and she's like shooting at him <laughs> and then it's revealed that it's her and then he's like Hey, what are you doing? Like really concerned about it, like <laughs> as if she's like made a mistake. When he shoots his wife and the girl who's there looks at him and goes like, So that was your wife? He's like, Yeah. Wow, she's a bitch. <laughs> There's some really like great like little one lining things in this. I really like the visual, the visualization of like walking by that security screen and like being reduced to your skeleton. I love I that. Say, that. That's one thing that Paul Verhoeven always does really well, which is like these small, like kind of like tiny details about the future. Like he's way off, but like it's still like some really cool visuals. Like the cab stuff, I really liked. The what stuff? The Johnny Cab. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, just, like, the idea that uh, you can basically go and, like, have all the memories of a vacation and never actually take one. Mm-hmm. That weird, like, bodysuit that he wears to try to get past the guards was pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. I don't understand. So bizarre. Like I was I watching this on my laptop, and then, like, Alyssa, all of a sudden they hear what the fuck? So I pause it and look at her like concerned and she's like on the screen, just pause, just like, ah, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. That's why I don't understand. Like, why can't he just talk normal? (laughs) Yeah. I don't quite, I didn't quite understand. Was it supposed to be like a robot suit? I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't get why he couldn't just like answer the questions and why he keeps repeating the same words over and over again. I also never understood what was so suspicious about that woman or disguise that like flagged it immediately. Like, it seemed fairly inconspicuous. (laughs) I don't know. How tall is Arnold Schwarzenegger? Like, six, seven, six, eight? He's tiny. What? Yeah. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's not very tall. I picture him to be like this giant. Really? Take a guess. How tall do you think he is? I honestly thought like 6'7", 6'8". No. 6'2". What? Yeah. I'm almost as tall as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. Guess how tall Sylvester Stallone is. He's got to be like 6'4". He's 5'10". No fucking way! No fucking way! I'm taller than Sylvester Stallone. That's your best mind fuck yet, dude. This is the craziest information I've seen in so long. What? Yeah, pay attention when you watch his movies. They shoot shit at like a different angle, interesting angles to like make it look like he's taller than he is. Oh my gosh! I don't even know what to think right now. My whole world is turned upside down. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that brings his weird accent to a whole another level of funny. <laughs> One thing that I think is interesting about Total Recall is like how nonchalant it is that there's literally just like a colony on Mars. And not only is there a colony, but there's like a rebellion going on with like a warlord and all this other crazy shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, it just like. The idea that you can implant memories into someone and then they find out that this guy has already had memories implanted into him, like, isn't that interesting enough? And they're like, we're going to take it 12 steps too far. 
Switch it to straight. So he was actually a secret agent that went to Mars, or those memories were also mem- – like those were fake memories, and he was given fake memories about his life, and then he tried to get more fake memories. See, that's – it becomes that hard to fake? tell. Like, by the end, I wasn't sure like what was real and what wasn't. Because then, like, doesn't it end – like, isn't the last line of something being like, is this a dream? Like, is this actually – He's afraid that it's a dream, that, like, he, that he is dreaming this whole thing, that he will wake up and, like, be married to what what's her face there. Yep. And that'll, that is actually his life, but that's just not true. But he could be dreaming. I suppose, technically, yeah. No, he can't. He's not dreaming. Why? Just a spinning top, man. No, at the very end, like he wasn't dreaming, he would have woken up. How do you know? Mm. There was. Yeah, I had like very I, convincing. I, I'm not convinced that he's dreaming, but like the idea that they even tried to like suggest that he could be, just seems like it's piling on a lot unnecessarily. Like Zach was getting at. I mean, I understand the tactic when the guys were going in the room. Like, it makes 100% sense that they would try and pull that move. And so, I thought so what, that, like, like, that sweat droplet was a really nice detail. It's like, what actually on. happens is that he worked for Hauser. Or, no, he is Hauser. So he worked for this guy and then, like, was turning against them. So they implanted memories so that he would stop so that he wouldn't be, a, like, a threat anymore. Right. Why wouldn't they just kill him? I don't know. <laughs> Why go through all this trouble? I don't know. <laughs> well, because he needed to go into the area and infiltrate so they can get to that guy. Or that little bait chest baby. Well, I get I get that, but like for if you're from the perspective of the bad guy. Why wouldn't you have just killed Arnold Schwarzenegger a long time ago? And like if you got the sense that he was going to turn on you, why wouldn't you have just killed him then? Yeah, I don't have an I don't have an answer. Did they say anything in the movie about it? I don't remember. Like why they chose to keep him alive? I don't know. You mean like at the end? No, like no. Like essentially, the movie wouldn't happen because they would have taken care of their problem way before it got to this part. Like. Don't like if he's turning on you. Don't just like set him up with fake memories and a new life. Like, why wouldn't you just dispose of him somewhere else? Well, because that was the whole plan. The whole plan was to give him this fake life, so that he felt like he could go into this territory with a clean conscience. Because the reason they were able to snuff all of their agents out in the past before was because they had a telepathic chest baby. Does that answer your question, Zach? No. <laughs> <laughs> I do like I do like that I like that he's like he was like hold on like we have to go get him and then he just walks away and he's just like Aah! and then this baby just grows on his stomach. <laughs> well, who's the guy? Like, who's the famous um, like makeup artist that does a lot of that sh- kind of crazy shit? Like he did. American Werewolf in London. He did a lot Rick of shit. Baker. Rick Baker. Was he involved in this? Did he do any of that? Uh, I don't. It's not done. Any of those well. aesthetics? I don't think so. I wasn't I liked sure. It. I liked it. I thought it was fun. 
I, I liked it too, but... It reminded oh. me of something from uh, Videodrome. This movie is also a lot bloodier than I was anticipating. Yeah, like when he uses that guy's the human shield to just get these that guy's get shot up like twenty, thirty times. He's an innocent civilian too. He wasn't an agent. <laughs> like, they, like he was just holding like some complete, you know, average guy there that was probably just trying to get home to his family to just be a shield. Like it's hard to tell. Like if that was like I, I feel like that was supposed to be comedic, right? I would. Th- I laughed. Like that's Paul. Wrong. Like is that Paul Verhoeven's thing? Like to do weird bits of comedy yeah he's a pretty dark dude <laughs> like i know there's some weird like weirdly comic stuff in l which is like i shouldn't be laughing during this movie at all well it's the same kind of thing in robocop too like there's a lot of really violent stuff that's like kind of funny too do you think it's funny now because we've exposed to like tarantino and whatnot well it's definitely it was- like jango bit like that is like Almost verbatim. Or like, yeah, or like in Gorgeous Masters. But like, do you think in the 90s when this first came out, do you think people were like, whoa, this is pretty intense? Like, do you think anybody was laughing? I would assume not. Was the sight of blood normalized then? <sighs> I don't know. It's a weird question. I don't, I don't think so. Well, I thought you knew everything, but here I stand corrected. But I was um I'd never seen Total Recall either, so this is another first watch first time watch for me. And I, I liked the, it I liked it quite a bit. I saw the twenty twelve one like when it came it's out. But... So weird how different they are. Yeah. Because like the twenty twelve one doesn't have to deal with like this Mars. company on Mars at all. It's literally like Colin Farrell and Jessica Beale. I kinda like I don't I like the Mars stuff. That it's you know they kind of get to this futuristic feel, but it does feel oddly unnecessary and complicated that it's on a completely different planet. Yeah. Like how does he? Tra- like, does it ever show you how he travels to Mars? Well, I mean it's become commercial, so like it's pretty easy. Is that what he does? Like, I would assume like- it'd be similar to like the Ad Astra traveling to the moon. Well, the only thing with that is, like, you'd think if he's this highly wanted guy, he'd have a hard time flying. Not well, if he's that woman. Yeah, not if he put on the robot mask. Well, that's true. I guess that is true. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. I, th- I would still would like to know why that, like, malfunctions that way. Or, yeah, or, like, why they would only have a robot suit programmed to say one thing. Um, rewatch the movie. Or rewatch that one scene and pause it as soon as he's taking off the mask. That is not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it's a uh, woman. No, is it like no. when he's taking off the robot mask? Like look at look at his face when the mask comes off. Is it like that commercial with MJ and his mother? <laughs> oh my God. Have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> Zach, have you seen this? <laughs> You gotta look this up. It's so funny. There's a commercial with MJ and his mother, and his mom is like doing these things. I can't remember what it's for, but then there's this one thing where it cuts, and it's supposed to be her dunking, and it becomes very obvious that it cuts to like this really ripped 
black dude with this afro that he might even have like a goatee or something like that like it's pretty obvious you need to look it up it's hilarious it's pretty good um i've never seen robocop to be honest um but i would imagine that the two have very similar vibes to it am i wrong no I've never seen RoboCop. I wouldn't know. Futuristic stuff isn't wrong. my jam. It seems aesthetically, it seems very similar. I mean, I've seen like the intro of Blade Runner, but that's the only thing that I could think of to compare it to. But I've only seen the beginning of Blade Runner. Kind of a Blade Runner-y vibe. What was Blade Runner, 80-something? Both, 82. Both written by Philip K. Dick, so that could be why. So yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, no, I think Total Recall is a great, great first time watch. I'm, I'm very much look. For, I'd rather rewatch this than Pretty Woman. <clears throat> uh, the real question: Total Recall versus Scorpion King. You know, there's some good stuff in Total Recall, but I think I still give it to Scorpion King. He is the last Acadian, so. Who would win in a fight, Arnold Schwarzenegger or the last Acadian? And I think we both know the answer to that one. Uh, that's a good question. That's a good point. You know what? I think I have to have to go. Whew, this one might be more closer. To, this might be more right down the middle than I thought, actually. <laughs> hmm. I might have to go. I go Scorpion King just for a shirtless Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Michael Clark Duncan. If Total Recall had Michael Clark Duncan, it might be Total Recall. Dude, I just thought of this really awesome scene that I forgot about in the Mummy Returns with their like, like the soldiers, like the dog soldiers, and they're like they're waiting for the the shadow to be like just right so they can attack. It's like I don't think they can be out in the sun. Such a great scene. That's not Total Recall. That is not Total Recall. Not Scorpion King either, but Scorpion King is in it. It's so fact, it could be in Scorpion King. Scorpion so King it's kind of bizarre that he's a literal scorpion. I don't. He's like. I don't quite get that. Yeah, they never. They never attack how he went from man who is dubbed the Scorpion King to an actual Scorpion King. Yeah. Obviously, Scorpion King is a prequel. We don't get to ever find out how. Is that actually how it's supposed to be? Was that that's a that was a spinoff from that? Yes. Well, yeah, it is a spinoff, but they're in like two totally different time periods. But yeah, it, yeah the Mummy Returns. Don't get how it overlaps. At the all. Mummy Returns came out. They saw Dwayne the Rock Johnson as a scorpion, and they were like, "Guys, I think we've got something here. Let's roll with it." You see this, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Scorpion King. This guy fucks. We gotta make a movie with this guy. <laughs> this guy fucks. Did you know that? Did you know that Brendan Fraser and Dwayne the Rock Johnson never met? Like that's how much CG it is. I mean, it looks entirely CG. <laughs> like they never met. They never crossed paths. Looks on like set. if that part of the movie was like a video game. It looks like the guy who was doing it like had a heart attack or something so they brought in his middle school nephew <laughs> to finish it 
It's a post-humanist thing. Dwayne the Rock, yeah, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson died, and then they just CGI'd his entire clip. I just, I cannot, be, I just can't believe that they went that bad. Oh, what do you guys think about Benny from the Mummy? No. Oh, I overlapping character. No, <laughs> from Total Recall. Which one's Benny? The the black guy. Who's, which one's hey, that? What? I do not remember this character at all. You need He's a ride, the cab man. driver. Oh, the guy who does the Johnny cab? Who, like, no. The guy who, like, Once turns... Once he gets to Mars, he has the, the yeah. mutant arm. He, like, sets them up and, like, betrays them. Says he's got five kids to feed. And then he's, like... Then Arnold Schwarzenegger's, like, confronting him. And he's, like, ah, oh, like, sorry, man, I got four kids to feed. He's, like, what happened to number five? <laughs> Dude, I must have slept through that. I must have slept through that part. It's like the big reveal that like Benny is a traitor. Whew, I don't remember any of this. But I love Total Recall though. I love when he gets out of the, the Johnny cab like without paying. They're like, that'll be eighteen portions. He's like, sue me, dickhead, and like <laughs> crashes. <laughs> Dude, that Johnny Cat, would that not freak you the fuck out? It kind of looks like, uh, like Chucky. Kinda. Like an adult Chucky. Kinda. That would creep me out. I would, I'd rather have, like, just the self-driving car than that Johnny thing. Well, so it's, it's self-driving, but there's also a lever so that you could drive it yourself, like, what is the point of that? Right, exactly. I don't know. He seems to be a great conversationalist. <laughs> Where to? Shit. <laughs> I do not recognize that destination. Anywhere, just go now. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got some. It's definitely well, got I also some, like that yeah. his solution is to just destroy the Johnny Cab instead of just giving him an address. It could right, be any just, address. Just make one up. You just give him a random one. He's, he needs to think better on his feet. Yeah, I like a lot of the shit. Oh, I like like when he takes out the fucking thing through his nose, the tracker through his nose. Oh, that yep. was harsh. That was great. I love like how he doesn't have any memory, but he like opens up the suitcase and there's just like all this money there, and he just accepts it and just starts pocketing it. He has I no idea what's going on, but he just goes with it. Hey, he's got to go to those strippers. The <laughs> three woman who tried to, the woman who tried to take his suitcase? Yeah. <laughs> Someone <laughs> left it for me. You fucking dickhead. <laughs> That's very Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> that was pretty good. God, so many randomly good things. Find your own suitcase. <laughs> this is my suitcase. <laughs> this is a rough... Where is this supposed to be located? Uh, the year 2084. Like California somewhere? Presumably? I guess it's Delaware. Delaware? Yeah. Ohio? Yeah, specifically Akron. 
This is a 2084 Akron. Does it ever say the year? Uh, I just know that it's in 2084. Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? You should pull that out of your butt. I've read the source material. Okay, I was going to say, this thing sounds like some IMDb uh, trivia. 64 years away, guys. We could have Johnny Cabs. We could have those really odd suits that Arnold Schwarzenegger wears. Hmm. Or those for fun. Or those to work. Oh, come on, baby. You know you're the girl of my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I do like his TV. I was like, literally just in the wall. Dude, that's pretty damn close to right now. That's like, that's like a nice, what, 90-inch television? It's pretty good. I like that after they fight, she just tries to seduce him as if that's going to work. I know. One last fuck. That is pretty great. You can tie me down if you don't trust me. <laughs> but I never knew that you were so kinky. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that one. Oh, because like a little bit later, like the, the her boyfriend or whatever is like ask or like the guy suggests that they were fucking and he's like, wait, do you really think so? And then the guy was like, <laughs> basically oh. something about like Arnold being really attractive and having a great body and he's like, what do you think? <laughs> it was like, it's like. No. It's like, yeah, you think she enjoyed sleeping him for the past six oh, weeks? That's no, I'm sure she hated it. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Man, this movie really did not deserve all the great little lines in it that it is. There's some great lines in here. Just so random. Consider this a divorce. That is a good one. Classic. You think Arnold wrote that? I think he just kept ad-libbing it, and they were eventually like, all right, I'll just keep it. This is almost as good as his lines as Mr. Freeze. Yep. The Mr. Freeze ones are better, but... What's in the Mr. Freeze one? Oh, you just gotta watch it. I can't even remember any. Cover them on your own. I haven't watched, like, the Tim Burton Batmans in a long time. Arnold has to have a hand in writing some of these little quips. Cause like in Predator, like when they're at that shootout and the guy, like one of the guys, the other guy's like, "Hey man, you're bleeding." And the guy's like, "I ain't got time to bleed." <laughs> <laughs> or like they have this whole beautifully worked out script, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger's just like, "That consider that a divorce." <laughs> They're like, Arnold, that's not the line. He's like, yeah, but it sounds better, so we'll stick with it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely something along those lines. Do you think he just, like, can't memorize the script, so he just says whatever he wants? It's not even that these lines are wrong. It's just like, it's just like okay, guys, we know that he's not going to memorize these lines, so let's just hope he doesn't say something stupid, and they just go with it. <laughs> And then he says a little thing that's really <laughs> stupid. It's possible. Did you guys know that in Superman 3, Marlon Brando refused to learn his line, so he wrote it on the diaper of the baby he holds in the movie? <laughs> Did you know that? No. Uh, great little piece of trivia for you. 
Could you imagine being the man from On the Waterfront and The Godfather and then being in Superman 3? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> random. It's not that he, like, didn't have time to learn it. He literally told the director that he wasn't going to learn his lines. So if he still wanted them in the movie after knowing that, he would do it. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Who cares? Is that the one with Richard Pryor? I think so. Um, anything else to say or about Total Recall? Any last final one-liners to pull out before we move on? I can't think of any. Oh. This movie has more broken glass in it than any movie I've ever seen before in my life. Oh, I, thought you were about to, glass. I thought you were about to pull out a trivia that it actually has the most glass broken in a movie. No, I'm just... I was baffled by how much glass... Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm pretty sure, jumps through, like, 17 windows. Like, it's ridiculous how much glass gets broken. Because they have individual scenes dedicated to just watching Shatter, shatter Sprees. Just a random aside, it was not... Uh, I, I looked it up. It was not Rick Baker who was... Who did... Um, the special effects. So it wasn't, although his initials are RB. Richard it's Rob. It's Rob Botton. Yeah, cool. Oh, he, but he worked. Ha 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 ha. Hold the phone. This guy worked with Baker. Interesting. Which kind of makes sense, man, because I was saying, like, that. Like, the that little fucking baby thing. What was What's the name of that character again? I have no idea. It has a worship I remember. Name. I can't remember. But anyways, yeah, I remember distinctly <laughs> thinking it kind of reminded me of something from Videodrome, which was Rick Baker. But anywho, what are you guys going to give Total Recall out of five stars? Four. Oh, his name's Quato. Quato. There you go. The uh, one one more. Dean Norris is. But it's this? not from it's not from Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's when he's talking to his friend about going to recall on the construction job. And his friend is just like, "Don't fuck with your brain, pal. It's not worth it." <laughs> Zach, you said you're giving it a four. Yeah. Chris. Uh, I'll give it a I'll give it a three and a half. I'm gonna go four and a half. Whoa. <laughs> oh, big Total Recall fan over here. Yeah, you must love Colin Farrell. I fucking love it, dude. Actually, I've never <laughs> seen that. I've never seen that version. It's in theaters. I say I've heard it's not that good. Do you want to hear the double bill me and Chris had that day? Sure. Snow White and the Huntsman, Total Recall. Really? Yep. Both. Really good movies. The absolute I, best movies. I can say with full confidence, I don't remember a single thing about Snow White and the Huntsman. Did it have I Case remember. Stew in it? I think so. And Chris Hemsworth. I knew Chris Hemsworth, because he's the Huntsman. And Shirley Theron. Right. Shirley Theron, I think, is the only thing I really remember about that movie. Like, she's getting out of this pool of, like, white liquid or whatever. Yeah. Goes to show you where my head was at at the time. 
white liquid, Charlize Theron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's not to like? All right, let's move on. Let's uh, guys, watch anything else this week? Chris, you must have. I say, Chris, we know you've got shit to talk about. I watched four things. Excellent. I started Cheers this week. Are you gonna watch Frasier too? No. Oh, that's I'm, a good I'm, idea. I'm probably not even gonna make it through the entirety of Cheers. It's 22 episodes a season for like, it was on from 82 to like 93. No, thank you. For like 11 years. Yeah. But it's so friggin' funny. It's so funny. I cannot stress to you enough how funny this show is. I don't think I'm going to make it, though. <laughs> I'm not going to. I just I can't help it. Um, is that, they have so they many own a bar? Is that what Cheers is? They own a bar? That's the whole premise of the show is that these guys work at a bar, and it's about the crazy things that happen during the day. Like, Is John Goodman in it? No. Um, the guy who plays Norm is kind of... He kind of looks like John Goodman, though. Like he's the the he's in that skit, the SNL skit, Duh Bears. Oh, I don't know. You know that skit. Everybody knows it. Sure, um, but that's that guy. It's that guy. It's that guy, and okay. he's one of the funniest people in this show. Like it's so witty. Ted Danson's incredible, but like that's you watch Danson. this show and they don't get into crazy situations. It kind of just seems like crazy situations get thrust upon them. Mm-hmm. And they handle it just as every average person would because it just feels like the average people. Hmm. Ugh, it's just an absolute riot. I, I really, really, really like this show. Plus, I know a lot of people like it. intros of all time. How's it go? Shit, you put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, where everybody knows you're... Fuck, dude, I can't even fucking do it now. Here, I'll play it. Is there... Is it a rhyme? Is there something that ends up rhyming with cheers? No. You'll know it. Everybody knows the song. I don't know if I know this. What? That's pretty good, though. Don't you like to get away where everybody knows your name? It's it's a great. It's oh, a great. okay. Yeah. You would have let it go a little bit longer. Maybe I would have noticed it. I probably should have, but Zach knows the Cheers theme song. I don't like Cheers. Is it the Cheers theme song? Is that his actual theme song? Or is that a song that they used as the theme song? I'm pretty sure it was a theme song. It's original, original theme? Pretty sure, yeah. I don't really like Ted Danson, so... That's an odd person to not really like. I don't like him. He's the worst part of CSI. Oh, weird. Wow, hot take. You were, you really are the king of hot takes. Okay. <laughs> 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 all right. That's all I got to say about Cheers. Uh, well, unfortunately, I did not finish reading Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, so I did not get to watch that movie. <laughs> that is unfortunate. Uh, but so all I have is Dexter. Okay. I watched season four of Dexter. And I will say that season four of Dexter is probably one of the best 
seasons of television I have ever seen. Really? It is phenomenal. What's so good about it? Uh, so John Lithgow is in it as like this other serial killer, and like he has the cycle of like. So the opening scene of that season is like naked John Lithgow like climbs into a bathtub with like a young girl and like slices the artery on her leg and like just sits there with her as she bleeds out. So it's like, oh shit. Hmm. And so basically the first half of the season is Dexter like trying to find who this Trinity killer is. And then once he sees that the Trinity killer like has a family, because like in this season Dexter is married and has a baby, so he's like trying to juggle a family and also killing people. And he sees that Trinity has a family and he's been killing people for over thirty years, so he thinks there's something he can learn from this guy. And then he realizes that Trinity is a complete fucking psycho. And there's nothing you can learn. So the second half of the season is him trying to catch and kill Trinity. Trinity being John Lithgow. Yes. John Lithgow is amazing. Like, he's so good hmm. in the show. It's like, I, I don't really think it's a performance you would expect given most of what John Lithgow does. And this does sound a very interesting role for him. Like, this is far deeper than Lord Farquaad. <laughs> <clears throat> And the final moments of season four are, like, probably the biggest shock to me since The Reigns of Castamere in a TV show. Interesting. I saw it, and my immediate reaction was, like, what the fuck? Like, couldn't watch another episode. It's just, you just had to sit there with it, with what happens. That's pretty sweet. So you're liking Dexter. I'm almost done with the fifth season, so I guess I might as well finish it. How many seasons are there? Eight. Okay. You're well on your way. Right now, How's... I would say the fourth season alone is like worth watching it for. How is season five? Um, it's all right. It's pretty good. It's like him trying to deal like. I can't tell you a big plot thread because it spoils season four. Okay. I may never watch Dexter, so that's okay. Um, so at the end of season four, him and his wife are supposed to, like, take off for their honeymoon. And um, so after he killed John Lithgow, um, he goes home and in the bathtub is his wife and she's dead and she's had her leg sliced like Trinity killed his wife before Dexter got to him oh so, is that the part that made you go what the fuck it's the very last moment of, like, of season, season four yeah and that's the one that made you go what the fuck like, there's no way you can see it coming like, there's no way do you think it's because did the Trinity Killer know that he was gonna come get him, so he did it to him first? Yeah, they had like a back and forth for a while, and then it's like Trinity is leaving town because the FBI knows who he is, so yeah. he does that 
before he leaves town as like one final like message to Dexter of like leave me alone. That is, I definitely did not see that coming. Yeah, you were right. Did not see that coming. You can. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, Ray? Dad from More of the Worlds. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck me, right? Well, the world's just they just released it on 4K, and I'm kind of curious to pick it up. I wouldn't be. Tom Cruise is a sack of shit. I think Chris is more like the Tim Robbins character in War of the Worlds. The crazy guy in the basement? Tim Robbins is in War of the Worlds? Yeah, he's the crazy guy that they meet. I guess I gotta rewatch that movie, but I hate Tom Cruise, so I probably won't. Why do you hate Tom Cruise? Because he's a sack of shit. Why? Because he's a Scientologist? No, he's. I don't care if he's a Scientologist, free so, religion, or whatnot. But does your love of Spielberg trump your hatred of Tom Cruise? I don't know. I do love the Berg. Well, okay. So, well, how, well, what do you think about War of the Worlds? That'll tell us right now. It's a really bad movie. because uh, of Tom Cruise. Because of Tom Cruise. I did not like War of the Worlds. I do not like Tom Cruise. I do like Spielberg though. But do not I like dislike Ryan. more. I dislike more Tom Cruise movies than. No, I like more Steven Spielberg's movies than I dislike Tom Cruise movies. Because at least with Tom Cruise, I like The Day After Tomorrow, or not The Day After Tomorrow. Fucking, um, what's that one Edge he did with Emily Blunt? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. You didn't liked, like that one? No, I didn't. I liked Edge of Tomorrow, I liked Jerry Maguire, and I liked yeah. the Mission Impossibles. But every single other Jerry uh, uh, Tom Cruise movie I've seen, I have just have not been a fan of. Which movies do of Tom Cruise's do you think you would like if it was someone besides Tom Cruise? Top Gun, definitely. Uh, the only thing that you don't like about Top Gun is Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's a cocky little shit. Well, that's the character. That's not Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, it's Tom Cruise. Let me get to his... Every, the original script that guy was really reserved until Tom Cruise came on was like, this guy should be cocky, I think. Oh, I just I don't care if it's the character or not. I just don't like the way Tom Cruise goes about it. His face is just... It's fucking terrible. Have you seen Born on the Fourth of July? No. You should watch that. Um... Chris, guess, guess how tall Tom Cruise is. Oh, I bet he's a short piece of shit. I bet he's like 5'8". Close. He's 5'7". He's shorter than I thought? Yeah, he's shorter than Sylvester Stallone. What the fuck? Oh, uh, I can say that there's another movie I like Tom Cruise in, and I, I can honestly say I fucking love this role. I love him in Tropic Thunder. That's a pretty good one. I love him in that role. Oh, Have you man. seen Cocktail? No, I haven't seen Cocktail or Risky Business. You should watch Cocktail. I gotta give it a shot, I guess. Time to reassess my hatred of Tom Cruise, but my love of Steve Spielberg. Like, so I what do you think? Except for these movies, and then you name the Mission Impossible franchise, which is like seven movies. So like. There's I seven seen all seven. You like. I've seen the third one, which I can remember not being crazy about. And then I saw 
I saw the one that we most recently watched, not this past year, but the year before. Fallout. And then, and then Rogue Nation. Movie. I watched Rogue Nation too. Second greatest action movie ever made. Yeah, I watched those three of the Mission Impossibles, and I did not like the third one that much, but the other two were good ones. Yeah, third one's pretty. I don't like the third one. It's kind of boring. But Philip Seymour Hoffman's a pretty good villain. Yeah, R.I.P. Philip. So what is it about World of Worlds you don't like? It's just boring. I think it's boring to watch. So For a so, movie about the end of the world, it just doesn't so focus can, that much on the end of the as much like on the excitement of the end of the world for me. So you can dislike a Spielberg film. I can. It's possible. Ready Player One. I was entertained by that. Oh, here we go. This is this is his caveat for everything. Like he won't admit that it's a shitty movie because he's like, well, I was entertained by it. I was I entertained by it. I haven't watched it since it was for a while, so I got to give it another shot. What about Lincoln? Do you like Lincoln? Uh, I've saw it once in theaters, and what I saw, I liked. What you the saw? Only... What do you mean? You slept through some of it? No, 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 no. I'm saying <laughs> it's not what I meant to say. <laughs> I saw Lincoln in theaters, and when I saw it, I liked it. Okay. You the only it, one. You? The only one. No. The only movie I can say that I'm concerned about watching because I am afraid I'm not going to like it is War Horse. I can almost guarantee you won't like it. If War of the Worlds is boring to you, how do you like War Horse? I haven't seen it. I don't know. I'm, I'm avoiding watching it. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That and Bridge of Spies. Oh, I've not seen that one. Written by the Coen brothers. They're mm. all right, I guess. <laughs> Let's see. I uh, I rewatched Apocalypto this week. Ooh, that's a great movie. It is pretty good. Um, though I don't like it as much as I remember liking it. I think this time around, there's something that stuck out to me that um, most. I think more specifically, like the running gag of the kid not, or that guy not being able to impregnate his wife, seems kind of anachronistic. Not that funny. Um, but any of the stuff, I would say anywhere, all the shit that's from when they get taken by the Mayans, like up until like you know his trek back to his family all that shit is great like i love the chase stuff like i love the stuff in the mayan city um like that blue paint super cool and then just the chase of the jungle is awesome like i love the different traps and everything that happens this stuff's really cool it's got a really cool like a really great score i love that um i think the acting is really great um a truly great Actually, great piece by Mel Gibson before he went off, or I guess he'd already gone off the deep end. Kind of toned it back. He kind of toned it down for this. He is back in rare form. Yeah, and then he would not, and then he would not return until Hacksaw Ridge. I mean, it's also uh, I feel like the I feel like I remember it being very violent. 
And not to say that it's not violent. It is a very violent movie. But I guess maybe get the gore is what I'm is what I really mean. I remember it being a lot gorier, like a lot bloodier. But it really doesn't seem that bad watching it. Really, only the uh, you know the fucking decapitation is crazy. It's pretty good. It's a good one. Um. Yeah, no, I like Apocalypto. Not as not as crazy about it, you know, not in, as in love with it as when I was younger and watched it. But it's so it's so pretty good. It's also very, it's very long too. I'm not sure as if it needs the two hour and twenty minute runtime. Uh, it feels like there's like maybe ten, twelve minutes you could knock off this movie, and then that would be right in that sweet spot. Like two ten seems good. You know, it gives you 10 minutes to play around with some things, expand on some stuff, have some fun. But 220 or whatever it is, that's too long. I think it should be 90 minutes. 90? Eh, that seems rushed. Two <laughs> hours. Two hours, 210. That's right in that right in that sweet zone. Let's throw Jaguar Paw right in the thick of it and see what happens. Great name for a character, too. Jaguar Paw. I love that. Also like that that weird villain guy that's got that fucking little little chode on his forehead. He's good. Old chode head. Chode head. That's what they call him. <laughs> He'll live in infamy with Thanos as some of the greatest villains ever put to the screen. <laughs> right on the same ballpark. Chode head and Thanos. What a duo. So I'd watch that movie, a buddy cop movie about Thanos and Chodehead. Yeah, Sauron, Thanos, Darth Vader, Chodehead, uh, Emperor Palpatine Vader. from the new trilogy. Just classic villains. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got for Apocalypto. It's on Amazon Prime right now. If anybody wants to stream it before it before it goes away. Oh. Um, I watched Californication again. Well, you've oh. watched eight episodes. Well, eight episodes. It's so fucking good, dude. I agree. I find myself wanting to be as witty as Hank. Chris, let me stop you right there. I want to be. You are not and will never be anything like Hank, and that is fine. He's just so witty. I don't know he's... if you watched the show, but Frank is Hank is kind of a piece of shit. No, no, like, no. He's definitely a piece of shit, but he's so fucking funny. Like, but is Hank the main guy? Yeah. yeah. His name's Hank, okay. But Hank. listening to him, like, do his shit is so good. Like, when he's having a conversation with somebody and he's just busting out witty line after witty line after witty line. Oh, man, Hank really gets me, man, like, to my core. Doesn't he fuck an underage girl? Yeah, that's kind of the premise of the first season. Yeah. Un- unknowingly, she yeah. lies about her. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, Jake, you should definitely give it a shot. Oh, I've seen a majority of it. I've watched bits and pieces of it with Zach. Mm. Runkle is the best character, dude. He's the oh, best. My. The, like I in season one, I have a hard time linking Runkle, but as we get into like th- season two, three, and four, I start to really love the guy. Once he gets arrested for statutory rape, I think it kind of goes downhill, like the seasons. Yeah. But up in point, it's really good. Like 
the 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 best season I think is season two when or it's two or three when he meets uh, Lou Ashby. That's season two. Yeah, when he meets Lou Ashby, that's that's when it really starts to take off for me. Like it's all still really good, but that's that's prime stuff. I I like the the season where he's like a school teacher. That's pretty good. That's a good season too. <laughs> he was the dean's wife. I do love uh that guy in it who plays like the guy who always like strips naked and tucks his wings back and runs around. Oh, naked. is his name like Richard something? Yeah, yeah, a former psychologist was... guy. <laughs> oh, that's good shit. Wow. Yeah, and that's all I got to say about Californication. It's great, great, great show. It's so freaking funny, and anybody who's got the opportunity to watch it, do. It's on Hulu. Okay. I might watch it again. Do it. It's worth a watch. And it's, like, kind of funnier the second time as compared to the first time. Like, the first time I loved it, it was all fresh and everything. But it's, like, always good when you come back to it. I always, I remember the last scene being, the last season being really disappointing. I don't remember anything about the last season, if I'm being honest. I remember, like, the last scene when they're on that plane going to their daughter's wedding. Yeah, it's very anticlimactic. And he's, like, he's, like, friends. To the end, babe, or like whatever he says, or to oh, to the fucking wheels come off. Gosh, he's so fucking witty. I just want to be. I just want to have that trait, you know. Well, Chris, you're so Hank Moody. I just want to sleep with minors. <laughs> <laughs> no one said there couldn't be two upsides. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Kidding. Kidding. Dude, you know who really sucks? Bill. Dude, Bill's the fucking worst. Who's Bill? She's the guy that... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Bill does suck. I honestly, that whole entire first season, I freaking hate the the minor he sleeps with. I hate her the whole show. She's an absolute terrible person. I mean, eventually it gets to the point. I start to warm up to her once it comes out. Like, it starts to air and, like... He's starting to get the credit he deserves. Dude, that's it's a very gut-wrenching scene when it's like all the sound fades out and it's just uh, Rocket Man as he's like being arrested and like pulled out of the house. Yeah. I remember being like, oh, shit, that sucks. Yeah, because like Hank, as, sh- as much of a shitbag as he is, but like you really like him. I, I get like... <clears throat> the traits of the character, but like David Duchovny physically, I do not get how anyone is attracted to that guy. I don't get it either. He looks shaggy. He's got a, da- I mean, he's got the dad bond, so I guess like that works in his favor. But like he's, I don't know. I think it's more of like his persona of just being this badass. I don't give a fuck person. But like, I could understand how he could swoop in and woos a woman but i don't understand how women would want to go out of their way to be like oh hey what's going on oh hank do me yeah i don't i don't see it happening i don't either but apparently he's a real life sex addict like i don't what i guess yeah that show is based like 
semi on his own experiences. Is like, did he create the show? Uh, no, but he had like a big hand in it. Wow. That brings it all to like a new light, dude. He wanted to make like a semi-realistic portrayal of what sex addiction is like. Makes sense that he's. he's Which I mean, it makes it makes sense. Like he, every relationship he has in that show, like he destroys by constantly pursuing women. Yeah. Gosh, I gotta really watch that. I gotta finish it. I love that show. And that's all I gotta say about the war in Vietnam. Uh, I mean, I'll briefly mention I watched the new Patton Oswalt special. It's it is what it is. <laughs> a lot of Trump jokes. No, he doesn't do any political stuff. He has a oh. bit about how like he doesn't about how he couldn't do political stuff, which is pretty good. Well, it's good. It's a lot of like, like it's 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 a lot of kind of what I was expecting, like. He has a very tragic story. Like his wife died. That's really sad. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot of like, you know, how he's not miserable anymore, and like, it's. Dang. I like Pat Oswalt. So like, I, I mean, I liked it, but I, I don't think there was many points where I was like cracking up laughing. Yeah, I like Pat Oswalt. I think he's a good comedian, but. I'm always going to think of him from, as from the guy from King of Queens. Yeah, like, I think he is a funny guy, but I just think most of the time he's funnier, like, doing something, like, acting, like, doing something funny. Yeah, no, Not and like, he, he should be doing more of that, in my personal opinion, but I don't know if it's, like, that he just can't get roles or, like, what, but he's like, a solid comedian. Blade Trinity, he's hilarious in that. Patton Oswalt's in Blade Trinity? Yes! What? I do not remember that at all. How does no one remember that he's in Blade Trinity? I know Ryan Reynolds is. I should rewatch Blade Trinity. I've been thinking about rewatching the Blade trilogy. Soon to be. Not, not the first or the second one, just the third one. I think. Have you, did you guys see the, the stills of Mahershala Ali as Blade? I have no. not. It's badass. He's going to be a great Blade. Yeah, he is. I didn't even know he was supposed to play Blade. Oh, sorry. Maybe it's just concept art, but, like, they released something, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, damn. That's going to be good. I'm Googling Mahershala Ali Blade. Mm, not many stills. Some concept art. It looks That's pretty cool. I saw. Yeah, it does look, definitely looks pretty badass. I think he could be a great Blade. I still need to watch his season of True Detective. Rachel liked it a lot. I'll get there. I still think uh, the first season is the greatest season of television ever, but... Yeah, definitely. It's hard to, it's hard to live up to that. Right up there with Twin Peaks The Return. Twin Peaks The Return would be second. And Dexter, Dexter season four. four would be third. And I'm going to go How I Met Your Mother Season 8. Is that the last season? No, season's fucking awful. <laughs> that might be the worst season in history. The best thing Jason Segel ever did was say he didn't want to come back. 
so that way they would just end it. Yep. Like I'm sorry, there's only like so much of that that is funny and good. In the last two, it's not Neil Patrick Harris. That's the worst. I think he's the worst part of that show. By design. Yeah, maybe. I wouldn't say he's the worst part of the show. I'd say Robin is the worst part of the show. She's the least funny. Yeah, but she brings a certain, you know. They're, except for except for Jason Siegel, they all have their low moments. I like... I wish the show was about uh, Jason Siegel and Lily. Like, that's the most... Marshall and Lily. There you go. That's his name. Oh, who ate the birthday cake? <laughs> I was just thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, I rewatched Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yes. <laughs> um, definitely some scenes that made me chuckle. Opening scene might be the funniest part in the whole movie. It is um, did you know that the dolphin trainer scene is actually a special feature and not part of the original cut? Yeah. I was very confused when I was watching it on Netflix and it did not have that scene in there. Like I immediately was like, whoa, I was like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. What the fuck? Googled it only to be severely disappointed. I almost considered turning it off at that point. <clears throat> but I didn't. I think it's I still, like, like there's there's still so many just like subtle things that are hilarious. Like when he goes to like that concert. And he's like, excuse me, it's Greg here. And the guy's, like, headbanging, and he's like, thank you. <laughs> There's some pretty, like, isolated incident, like, like incidents that are pretty funny. But I just think, like, Jim Carrey's, like, stick, like, always being on for them, like, gets kind of tiresome in some points. But that is the character. Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah, I guess. Maybe I just don't like Jim Carrey. I think that's what it boils down to. I guess you're a piece of shit then. I can't stand. No, Jim Carrey is the piece of shit. Whoa, too far. This irrational hatred of Jim Carrey is just too much. It's not that irrational. In his girl, in his ex or his ex girlfriend's suicide note, she said that he mentally abused her for years. Are you gonna believe a note? Fuck Jim Carrey. Wait, are you actually saying fuck Jim Carrey? Yes, I do not like Jim Carrey. Like, today's Jim Carrey, I, he's the fucking worst. Oh, I don't like today's Jim Carrey. No, no, he's no. like the most obnoxious, pretentious piece of shit. And to think that he's a fucking guru is laughable. Why? Because he's not. He's like, Lily, okay, Lily, this is Jim Carrey's timeline. His girlfriend leaves that note, that like that suicide note that says that he mentally abused her. Then he, like, goes, like, just kind of, like, dips away, is out of the public eye, tries to, like, say how none of that was true, and then he comes back, this supposedly woke person, so that people will forget that he mentally abused and drove his ex-girlfriend to suicide. I think people were kind of concerned about Jim Carrey for a while there before he became this guru, because, like, he wasn't even, like... Nonsense. Nonsense. As an act. Whoa. Jim Carrey is the fucking worst. Jim Carrey, you if you're seen, listening, I hate you. Have you seen Jim and Andy the Great Beyond? I have. No. 
I think that really shows some perspective of like it's really easy to see watching that like how Jim Carrey could be emotionally abusive and like also like the guy who did the makeup for how the Grinch or for the how the Grinch stole Christmas like he quit because of how Jim Carrey treated him and then the director tried to get him to come back and he's like the only way I'll come back is if Jim Carrey apologizes to how he treated me and then Jim Carrey begrudgingly like begrudgingly said he was sorry because he recognized that he really needed that makeup guy because he was that's how good he was like so like in the documentary it's kind of like uh jim carrey playing andy kaufman in man on the moon and like how deeply he got invested into becoming andy kaufman and just like how on set he was an absolute asshole to everybody yeah, and really? even that and like, like seems like an act. Like he, he justifies it by being like, "Well, that's who Andy was. Like I was, I was in character. I never left character. Like that's what it was like." And but it's just like you see, like it's hard to see that and be like, "Yeah, dude, like you might just be an asshole." Like which is kind of because then because there's like even because there's like that wrestler that was like. Andy and I didn't hate each other. Like, that was a bit. But but Jim Carrey, like, actually, like, tormented that wrestler and, like, treated him like an asshole all the time. And he was like, that was not mine and Andy's relationship. That was for the cameras. So Jim Carrey is actually, like, a real-life piece of shit? Yes. Wow. More you know. He's made some funny movies, though. He, like, tries to pretend that he's woke, and he's like, oh, I do these funny Donald Trump paintings. Everybody love me. I don't know. But is it better than the Scorpion King? Which one? Any of them. Is anything better than the Scorpion King? That's the real question of this podcast. That's really what it's going to boil down to. Is anything better? We all know the answer. But anyways, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. A lot of funny bits. There's some funny bits. Overall, I think kind of Jim Carrey's stick gets kind of tiresome. Some of the detective work, I think you were saying this last time, Zach, feels kind of flimsy and shoehorned in at times. A bit. Yeah, like not always that great, but there's but there are definitely some funny jokes that had me laughing. I can't lie. I gotta rewatch The Mask. I want to rewatch When Nature Calls because I remember liking When Nature Calls more than Pet Detective. I see. I've always liked Pet Detective more. Really? There's some like there's some moments in When Nature Calls that I really like, but as a whole, I've always thought Pet Detective was funnier. <laughs> I remember there being quite a bit of like distinctively a lot of stuff that was pretty funny. Anything with like Shakaka, any of like the stuff with the. I do love like the monster truck. That was pretty good. Like when he's like walking through the village and the guy's like standing like on one foot on top of that large pole and he's like, earthquake contest! And he shakes the the large pole. Like I love the the contest with him and the like that tribe to prove that he can go. Like, I think that stuff, like, that oh, stuff was pretty funny. The guy reaches down the guy's throat and pulls out his heart, yeah. and then Jim Carrey reaches down and pulls out an apple core. And then delivers <laughs> and then delivers the woman's baby. 
So Quincy Archer? So Quincy Archer? When they do Let the spit guess. in the face White thing. White double, white You speak <laughs> what, you do? They do like the I spit in the it. face thing, and then Jim Carrey's sitting there. He's like... <laughs> oh, the loogie thing? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chief, want a hawk a loogie? Yeah, Bumblebee tuna? <laughs> Bumblebee tuna? Bumblebee tuna? <laughs> Excuse me, your balls are showing. Bumblebee tuna? <laughs> ah, it was right there. Okay, dude, one more time. Yeah, this feel like there's so many great bits. Um, yeah. Fuck Jim Carrey. Go ahead, Chris. I don't know, I've kind of been blown away by this whole Jim Carrey's a piece of shit thing. I never would have guessed. Hey, man, go look it up. Go look at some behind-the-scenes stuff. Apparently. He, also has this, he has this really weird thing in Jim and Andy, too, where he's like, he's like, there's no such thing as free will. He's like, do I drink this tea or am I just thirsty? It's like, mm, okay, Jim Carrey, you can literally have any choice you want of to fucking quench your thirst. You don't have to just, just drink tea, you philosophical piece of shit. <laughs> Wow, I've never seen you get so worked up about anything I in hate your life. Scary dude. I cannot stand this new persona that he has. It drives me bonkers. Cause then there are people who were like, Did you see like Jim Carrey's really funny painting he had of Donald Trump? He's so funny. He is funny though. No, he's not. He's had some funny he's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean you just admitted that you laughed. One of his movies. Yeah, that would inherently some, mean that he's funny. There's some funny bits, I can't lie. But overall, he's annoying. Okay, I can't. I really doesn't like Jim Carrey. I can tell. Oh, he getting really heated. I really did just get worked up there. Well, anyways. What a stupid talk. fucking thing where he, like. He needs he to settle down. This is a family show. He went to this. <laughs> like, he goes to this party, right? Like, he goes to this really wealthy party. And, like, when he's there, like, they're interviewing him about being at this wealthy part, and he's just like, yeah, like, I don't know, these things are kind of stupid, and, like, I just think everybody needs to have a million dollars to see that having a million dollars doesn't mean anything. It's like, fuck off, Jim Carrey. Like, you're saying this in a tuxedo at this fancy party. If you really wanted to make a point, you shouldn't have gone to the fucking fancy party. You're not woke, Jim. There, I'm done. Fuck Jim Carrey. Oh. Now I'm done. Zero to ten real quick. Zero to one hundred. Jake Searles real quick. Real well, quick. Real quick. He gets me worked <laughs> up. I guess I have to unregister this podcast as the official Jim Carrey fan club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do sign us up for prostitute or uh, prostitutes for driving. Yeah, we are pro <laughs> that. 100%. Uh, so now to talk about another great comedian. Um, Gary Busey. Jennifer Aniston. On what? Uh, just go with it. Oh, God. Funny because Adam Sandler's in that movie. Dude, it's freaking funny. I don't know how many movies this guy's made about Hawaii, but I'm pretty sure it's just the two. But, like, it seems to be him uh, at his absolute... What was the third one? Blended. No, Blended took place in Africa. Oh. Excuse me. But he does go to Hawaii and punch drunk love. Does he? 
Yeah. Yep. Oh, so three. There you go. Anyways. Yeah, I just said the wrong one, asshole. (laughs) Seems to be him in his natural habitat. I freaking love Adam Sandler. He seems to be having such a good time doing these movies. Wait, what movie did you watch? Just go with it. Dave Matthews is in this movie. He is in it. It's good. Every single scene with Dave Matthews is an absolute (laughs) riot. He's so intense. It's like... This is one part where he's sitting down and his wife is Nicole Kidman in this movie. And this woman is going to go pour water for him. And she she's going across his body. He's like, don't pour over me. Don't pour over me. <laughs> Dude, I love I love the part where they're doing like the they have to like shimmy the coconut like up. Up each other's bodies, and like Dave Matthews and Nicole Kidman drop it, and so Dave Matthews picks it up with his butthole and like just like clenches and picks it up. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> he freaking squats down, and he like he's so concentrated, and he just goes, and then he starts to stand up, and you see the coconut is like sticking in his asshole. You're funny enough. I think I do know that bit. Oh my gosh, it's so freaking funny. And like their whole thing is that like he's rich because he invented the iPod. <laughs> and every single time he answers his phone, he's like, "Go for the i, man." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Brooklyn Decker is in this. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Give it a watch. Nick Schwartzen, I think, is a little over the top in this. I kind of got over the Nick Schwartzen stick, but... I, for, I forgot all about the... Don't pour over me. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time I hear that part, I'm like, oh my gosh. Because he doesn't say a lot. Like, he's not he's not the focus of this. Nicole Kidman and Jennifer Anderson are going back and forth. And, like, Adam Sandler's obviously there because it's his movie. But, like... Dave Matthews will interject every once in a while. It's, it's just a- so weird that it's Dave Matthews because it could literally be anybody, but it's Dave Matthews. Isn't Dave Matthews also in I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry? Yeah, he plays yeah. like the uh, the what's he was the fashion guy who works at the uh, the department store or whatever. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Oh my gosh! I gotta start using that at restaurants. <laughs> Instead of doing the uh, the I'll have what she's having, just do the don't pour over me. <laughs> oh my gosh! I might rewatch that again tonight. <laughs> Chris, where do you think uh, in your top 100 Jack and Jill is gonna fall? Easily top 15, like no question. Just what for the is- Duncan Chino alone. What percentage of your top 100 do you think will be Adam Sandler movies? How many movies has he come out with? Uh, Big Daddy will be in there. Mr. Deeds will probably be in there. Well, if I have to narrow it down to three. Why did you narrow it down to three? Let's just say that's the arbitrary number that we're putting on this, right? Okay. It has sure. to be, let's say five, right? It's got to be. Okay, no, sure. No more than five movies from one actor. Sure. Makes sense. No, like, I, 
more than five percent of my list can't be Adam Sandler. So that's I'll say five. Yeah, that's five movies. We we obviously have to go click. We're going Big Daddy. We're going Zohan. We're going. We're probably going Billy Madison, and then it's up for grabs. It could either be Little Nicky, Jack and Jill, or. <laughs> Wait, Punch Drunk Love, you don't think is in your top 100? Yeah, that could be the fifth one, I guess. It's got a fight against Little Nicky. <laughs> the other four are lock. My, if I had to limit down to five, Big Daddy, Mr. Deeds, uh, 51st Dates, Wedding Singer. Oh, shit. And... Zohan. I can't do so. I'm sorry, man. I just can't do it. Happy Gilmore? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to ask me more than five. There's so many. 51st like, state. 50 people... No, 51st state. 50, uh, 50, uh, longest yard? Longest yard wouldn't make it. Come they, on, they Jacob. Sh- get serious. A lot of people shit on Adam Sandler and, like, his movies and his later stuff. But, like, it's whatever, dude. Adam Sandler is one of the funniest guys I've ever seen. He's hilarious. He's so funny. Like, his movies just end up... Oh, they get me to my core. Billy Madison? Is that going to be in there? No, Billy Madison wouldn't make it for me. I I love Billy Madison, but, like, I lose interest really quick. And it's just, like, it's too much at points. Dude, you got to watch So On again. I got to give it a shot. I mean, like, I'm interested in Zohan, and I definitely find parts of the Zohan funny. It's just from what I remember, I just remember it being horrible. Yeah, you, you gotta give it a shot. All right. There's some gold in there. I'll rewatch it. Yeah, it's definitely something that I'm gonna just be scrolling past one day and see. Oh yeah, well, you know, it's Adam Sandler. Let's do it. I remember Nick Swartzen being pretty funny in the movie. He's pretty good. John Turturro's pretty good. I forgot John Turturro was in that. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. There's too many. Zach, I think you're up. That's it. Oh, last thing I'll briefly mention. I don't really have a lot to say. I watched Back to the Future Part 2. Um, kind of on par with Back to the Future for me. Actually, I might like Back to the Future more. What's the common consensus? Which one do people like more? I haven't seen two. I don't know. But you don't have to have seen it to know what people might say they like more. I think the common consensus is um, why is a 17-year-old friends with a 60-year-old disgrace? <laughs> it's not, that that's not the common consensus. Chris, do you know? I have no people clue. Tend to like more? Two I, I know that people like three the least. Yeah, I do I know always, that. I always hear people reference the first one, so I'm assuming that's what people would choose. Okay. Um, well, I like the first one better than the second one. Um, I thought there was way more time spent in the future in the second one, but they do this whole thing where they have to go back to the past, like for where they spent time in the first one, because they like they ended up changing their timeline, so they have to go back further in time to change things so that they can reset the current time. Um, and it just gets so messy and just like it sounds so, more confusing than Total Recall. It sounds yeah, it's mm. like it's not necessarily confusing. It's a very simple plot. It's just 
it's like like the first one it overcomplicates things so like where the first one was on like a tiny scale where things are overcomplicated this one they like blow it up to now be way more plot focused convoluting it and like expanding things out and for only a two-hour runtime, actually not, not even two hours. That's like an hour forty-five, and it feels pretty long. Not nearly as funny. Um, the whole Biff character has way more of a like a way more of a, um, a significance in the movie. Who's like my least favorite part? So it's it's not, it's like it's got things that I like, um, and some things that are just aren't as great. Um, so it's, it's about balanced and yeah, I'll, some, one of these days I'm going to watch the third one just to finish her out. Say that I did. Cool. Cool. And as I promised, I didn't have a lot to say. I'm tapped. That's it. That's it. Um, any thoughts what you guys want to do next week? Um, the return versus Scorpion King. <laughs> Which the Mummy Returns versus Scorpion King? I'd be last, down to do a. Oh, do sorry, a, Last of the Mohicans. Last of the Mohicans versus the Scorpion King. I would be down to do a retro review of the Mummy. I'm interested. I'll do it. I'll I do really want to. I really want to revisit them. So can we can we at least make it like worthwhile and do like the Mummy and the Mummy Returns? Retro review. Do I just do the whole fuck? Do I just do the fucking trilogy? No, because I hate the third one. What about, like, The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, and then the Tom Cruise Mummy? What if we did or the, like mummy, a... the Mummy Returns and The Scorpion King? Ooh, that's a good lineup. Whew. Ooh, I you had my... If I gotta do what I gotta do, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm down for those. I'm down for those three. Some sure. n- a nice retro review. Fuck it, dude. Let's do it. I think there's a nice blu-ray combo out there where you can get the trilogy and the scorpion king all in one i already owned the mummy i just gotta get the mummy returns and scorpion king might be time for me to pull the trigger on those that 4k bundle then he was just that's the reason he put it out there because he yeah. just wanted the excuse I need to, to justify, dude i need to justify the 4k all right i'm in that's gonna be a great show i can't wait all right. Well, I hope you're as excited as we are. Come back. You're going to hear The Mummy Mummy Returns and The Scorpion King. First The Scorpion King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. And until next week, bye-bye.